Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. New Amsterdam Radio starts now. What up, citizens? How's it going? You know, I usually use a spot to thank you before going to our guest. But there is no guest, but I still want to thank you. Uh, episode 100, which means it's the season finale, season four finale of New Amsterdam Radio. I didn't think that this show would make it to 100 episodes, but hot dang it did. And that's just 100 episodes in canon. We have plenty of bonus content uh, throughout the episodes in between, which I recommend you check out when you have a chance. And, well, this mayor is proud. And uh, there's going to be no elections, though. I'm going to totally ride this benevolent dictator thing until the end and i'll explain why after the break <laughs> social medias are at new amsterdam on instagram and at new underscore amsterdam on twitter flowbito.com f-l-o-b-i-t-o.com and new amsterdam.com amsterdam.com yeah wow so you got more guests coming on the pipe next week more concepts more creatives to chat with but for now, we're doing a bit of a Q&A episode. I reached out, asked questions, asked a question to get questions about what you guys want to know about me personally for my radio show. So I want to thank everyone that took the time out to ask me those. Uh, without further ado, let's roll on to episode 100 of New Amsterdam Radio. Hey, I never thought I would actually make it here, but this is 100 episodes of New Amsterdam Radio, and well, I'm gonna say this in my intro, and I'm gonna say it every single time. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Um, a lot of ways, it's one of the flagships of the, what I'm doing on the, the New Amsterdam Entertainment Network. I can't believe I can say that now. It took a whole pandemic to happen to make that a possibility, but it's true. Being able to say that, I have not one, I have many shows, they're all kind of different in their own ways, but they're all kind of interconnected, has been a little bit of a blessing for me, and I don't know where it's going to go, I don't know how long I can maintain this, I don't know if there's a next step or an upgrade or anything like that, but I'm on this journey, and you guys hang with me mostly weekly, sometimes whenever you can. I appreciate that for you. So uh, I had asked some people, or I did a Facebook post, I'd asked for individuals to reach out if they had any questions about the show, kind of a different switch up without the, all the guests that we've been having here. And if you guys have been watching or listening to the show the past two or three months, we've been having like bonus shows. So even more shows than once a week as it's usually. So uh, being able to sit here and just wrap with you guys up in the mayor's office. And before I get started, there are no elections because I'm just that good at my job. There's no one going to take over my spot. <laughs> or maybe when I retire, when I'm old and gray and I'm tired of making uh, so many creative dreams come true maybe but i'm the only mayor there ever will be i'm a benevolent dictator mayor <laughs> everyone loves me here in this city so yes i had asked uh, individuals to fill out a survey three questions basically it was their name that was optional you'll know why because some some of them some responses don't have names and uh whether or not they listen to the show and their questions and so I, what I got from the, do you listen, is that most people are kind of in the multiple times a month range. So they don't listen weekly. They listen uh, more than uh, once a week or they listen to, sorry, more than once a month. Uh, but they're not like 
sporadic with it and they're not like avid fans, which is cool because it's, I don't think any show I can think of any podcast, any TV show that airs continuously weekly is going to have um, people devoted like that. At least I don't think so. But this is not me for making stuff. Question number one comes from a colleague, uh, Christian Black for the Blackcast. If you guys haven't heard of the Blackcast, it's another network, even though he won't admit it as such, that covers things from Marvel and Star Trek and even politics with his uh, show that was formerly called the Trump Report, but now it's called Biden Time. Get it? <laughs> anyway, Christian asks, how has the pandemic helped your commitment to new content every week? Are you inclined to continue working from home even if studio time became a regular thing again sometime soon? A lot of good questions. Before I want to say, I want to start. A lot of the stuff, uh, the, the podcast, these things came from the pandemic, yes. But the new content every week was from Christian Blatt. I have a website. It's called flopito.com. And I like, to, I like to do one blog post whenever. And I think one time I was at uh, AfterBuzz TV. I was flustered. I said, I do new content every week. And once I said that to a producer, Ryan, Ryan kept saying that when he saw me. And then Kristen Blatt heard me say that. He was like, new content every week. And so I said, well, I got to do it. <laughs> and so every Wednesday, I do a blog post at flowpizza.com. But the question here is, like, has the pandemic helped my commitment? The answer is yes, uh, tenfold. Um, I started doing New Amsterdam Radio before the pandemic, I would say. Um, about a year before the pandemic. And I had my vlog series, What's Up Flobo, where I would just talk to the camera before the pandemic. But to treat myself like a network as far as booking guests, reaching out to representation, uh, putting things on podcast versions, that does not come without the commitment in the daytime, which is interesting because I was always self-employed. I always worked weddings as a wedding DJ. But when the world stopped, there really wasn't to stop me. And a lot of times when you're in the content created space, until you get really big, there's this feeling of, I'm one bar of time. I should uh, be looking for jobs and gigs and LinkedIn all the time. Uh, but but the having the world stop was kind of like the, it's okay to explore this. And I have been, never been more creatively fulfilled in my life. Again, I'm not sure it was sustainable, but the pandemic did help me realize what's important and what it makes me what gives me the good tired at the end of the day, where it's like, wow, I'm productive. Time to go to sleep. As opposed to being like, oh, I hate my life and my job. Time to take a nap and go back at it. Am I inclined to continue working from home? The answer is yes. A lot of my shows are just me, all myself. I don't quite have the capital for studio space to rent. If I somehow became fortunate enough to, to generate revenue where I can't have my own space, I would probably be more inclined to do that. Uh, it would have to be my own space. I wouldn't go to like a podcast studio per se. Now I'm not quite comfortable with that. Um, but but eventually I like to have, at the very least, a separate room in my apartment or condo or whatever for podcasts. Or maybe if it's a house I live in, maybe a an outhouse or a guest house for it. Or uh, in, in the money to object scenario, a offsite space where you can actually... Uh, give to representation and say, oh, no, it's an actual office come through. Um, all those are things I think about if, if this thing picks up. But who knows? Who knows if I don't get signed by a giant company and I become their host and I have to like not do this as much? Or who knows if we just all accept working from home as kind of the thing? I mean, the infrastructure, maybe that's the wrong word, the apps are there <laughs> to do it. 
And uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll work from home as much as I can. Why not? That's a long answer to this question. I'm glad I don't have a lot of questions because the rate I'm going, this will never end. <laughs> Before I move on, I just want to say, hey, look, NewAmsterdam.com, KDWAmsterdam.com. Learn more about this show and all the other shows I host. Uh, this one comes from Ricky. Ricky Tran, I believe. Uh, his question goes, do you think comedy will be the same post-pandemic? If not, what do you see the new comedy scene is going to look like? And since there's so many Netflix specials now, what would be the new specials medium? Or will we just get more and more specials? Again, a lot of multi-part questions. I, res I like that. I respect that. Comedy would not be the same. Point blank. I feel it's going to be more like... I had a an appearance on another talk show, and I talked about this. To me, the pandemic basically is the kindleization of comedy. Much like how when Kindle came out, there was a big worry that no one would go to libraries, libraries and no one would buy books with Kindles. What we're seeing is kind of like a coexistence now. You can buy the hardback book if you like. If people have a feeling of having the book in their hands, it's a lot more respectful to gift someone a physical book than it is to give them a Kindle document. But if you want to read in the go, if you have something you want to scroll on your phone, then you have that option. So I do think comedy shows will be back. It might take a little longer than most to get people to make it a night out again. But uh, I don't think it's going to go away on that end. But they're going to have these virtual things. Hey, look, I got a virtual live stream of my comedy show. It's going to be at this club on Friday, and I'll get digital tickets. And that kind of will empower smaller comics like myself who may not be able to sell out a 2,000-seat arena or a theater in like a town not familiar with, like, say, Memphis, right? But if I have a 50-seat show in Los Angeles and I have a fan base in Memphis, I can say, hey, look, here's a discount code to watch my show that's going to have Memphis material, for example. So it will empower a lot of the smaller guys. That leads us to the next point, the next question. And with so many Netflix specials now, what would be the new specials? So again, what made specials special was that only a few of them got made a year. Like HBO had like nine a year, but now there's a new special coming out every week. And well, the law of diminishing returns. Like for every bigger and blacker or never scared, there's a bunch of stuff that Netflix trots out. And I don't mean to knock any comedian because as someone who's done an hour, it's a lot of hard work, but it's a lot to sift through. And I don't think uh, specials are going to mean that anymore. Uh, or as far as I have a special, it's like, okay, it's cool. What else you got? I do think that there's going to be almost a classist kind of thing. A Netflix special will still be worth more than an hour long recording for YouTube only. Uh, but Netflix uh, won't have the same kind of household uh, vibe that HBO had back in the day because content has been so splintered. So the strategy I'm thinking and I'm predicting is that you're going to have to have a special in the bag to show industry people you can go. You're gonna have to have a special to show industry people you know how to make sketches, act outs, to see a story to the end. But ultimately it's gonna be your second pillar of content. Whether you're a sketch artist, whether you do a sitcom, whether you do voiceover work, that's gonna be the one-two punch for comedians. You just can't do stand specials anymore. I could be wrong. I mean, you could always be cyclical and go back to it. But I think specials will now be like the the shield and a sword and shield combination. You don't need that to have that to go into battle. It's a good question, Rick. I appreciate that. Question three. James Lodge Jr., friend of the show. I think he's been on every single show I've ever done. <laughs> Except for Star Trek. He asks, how do you choose the length of a podcast? 
good question. So there's two things I use to judge the the length, or three things, uh, to judge the length of a podcast. The third one's least important. It's how entertaining the guest is. Sometimes, uh, recently, if you guys listened to episode number 98, I had Griot B on the show, and his episode was about 52 minutes. Uh, when I started New Amsterdam, I was like, no, every show has to be 20 minutes. I would cut out a lot of questions of my guests, and, and I'll put some questions on Patreon. But I realized I'm really not fair to the complete ideas for things. And so I would try to aim in between. Uh, I tell my my guests the interview is between 15 and 40, but the show should be anywhere between 35 and 50 minutes. And the reason is that's twofold. One, uh, in the days before pandemics, most commutes are under an hour. Or most commutes are an hour door to door. So you want to be able to have a show that if someone were going to their job, they can listen to in its entirety on their way to work. Uh, and that's kind of the academic hour of things. If you're going over an hour, you need to have a good reason as to why. Um, back to my Griot B example, because we talked about history and we talked about the, the plight of minorities in uh, the country, and it's a little bit different than what my show normally tackles, I felt that was needed to have the space to breathe uh, as far as kind of a very special episode of New Amsterdam Radio. If New Amsterdam was a racial programming or political program, it would be part for the course. But we talk about like creative endeavors. We don't really necessarily talk about uh, history. And so I felt that needs to be a little longer. But it's a very hard press thing. I try to go longer than an hour. Even on shows are, are I'm vibing hard with a guest on my sister's show, uh, After Hours, where it's more of a late night talk show vibe, I will look at the clock and go, all right, y'all, that's a hard hour. Let's get out of here. Because people have things to do. You know, We think of ourselves in hour blocks. Uh, you would think it's half an hour blocks, but no. Because <laughs> once we say, oh, the part is at 3.30, which means I have to leave at 3. And we already put that hour block to things. When someone goes, all right, let's uh, have a meeting. Let's start at, at 1.15. That really means to be ready by one because no one's thinking, okay, 115 to 145, and I can do something at 150 to 207. Like, no one thinks like that. It's always an hour chunks, 24 hours a day. No one ever says 48 half hour chunks. So, with always within the hour, ideally 35 minutes to, to 45 minutes, or the academic hour, if you will. Or Patrick Hancock, how many listeners do you have weekly? The answer is as many as it takes. Now, I don't look at numbers all too much. Uh, I'm not sure if they meant New Amsterdam Radio, New Amsterdam Entertainment, uh, but I will say this. It is in flux. It's a creative endeavor. It does change week to week, so it's hard to say that. Uh, but I will say that our shows have been viewed and downloaded in over 50 countries, and that to me is way more important than what views are week to week. Question five. No name. Didn't put name in the optional field. I should make that uh, required. Excuse me. The question is, how do you plan out guests and topics for each show without it getting creativity stale? That's a very good question. Um, a lot of things when it comes to picking your guests is very specific to them, their book, their website, their creative project. But there are some things I like to hammer home on, on this show specifically that we are all together because I think of the mission statement of the show. It isn't just me to talk to people and say, I got a podcast. I've done that before. The show was called 26 Stone. You could probably find eight episodes wherever you listen to. That was kind of like, I have a podcast. With New Amsterdam Radio, the idea, the mission statement is to provide a map or blueprint 
for people to try their own hand at whatever that creative endeavor is. If I have to have guests that have a creative project, sure. But if you have a creative project and you care for children or a creative project and you have a day job or a creative project, but you're always tired all the time, hopefully through talking with those creatives, you can find ideas that you could extract and implement yourself. So that why that way it's always fun for me because every individual is different. How do you lose the weight? How do you start the business? How do you launch a show? What makes you happy? How do you unwind? We have collective anxiety here in society, give or take, or to say by that I mean there are more cases of anxiety or loneliness or working ourselves to the bone. So it's interesting to see how does an individual tackle that. And I think a lot of the fun comes from that. So once you get into someone's dreams, hopes, and desires, it doesn't become like, what's your project? How to get started? Whatever. You know, I try not to do those kind of questions anyway. Uh, the how to get started things, like the things you can find out via social media, I try to roll into other questions. So it isn't, hey, where are you from? Is take the extra minute, find out they're from St. Louis and go, you know, you're from St. Louis. How does your upbringing infuse your work? Or how does it influence your work? Excuse me. You know, hey, I was on your Instagram. It says you're a big Mets fan. Were you ever always a Mets fan? Oh, I'm a Mets fan too. Like take the, the basic things um, and implementing something else. And that comes from research papers. You know, like you, know, you have to cite your source when it comes to writing a research paper. But if it's common knowledge, you don't have to. Get the common knowledge stuff out the way. And don't ask questions like, how do you get started? Or, or how long you've been doing this? Because I do think over time, your audience is like, didn't you know this? Like Barbara Walters never goes, or Oprah never goes, so when were you born? <laughs> how long you been doing this? Like take a little research, you know, make yourself look a little bit more knowledgeable in the field. And that opens up way more lines of questioning. It's kind of like the, the universal truth that people hate small talk, even though small talk is a very important skill to learn for the sake of conversation. No one really likes it. So get past the small talk and find out what makes these people tick. And you could do that with just a couple of Google searches or IMDb search or Instagram search, whatever tickles your fancy. Good question. No name. Uh, the penultimate question comes from Jack Farmer, another person that's a fan of the show. Been on your Amsterdam after hours, draped in gold, drapedingold.com. He asks, as of now, what is your legacy? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, it, it's really hard to say because for a long time I was a classic legacy person. You know, I wanted the statue. I wanted to donate money to my college so they can put a plaque with my name on it. And as somebody who is aiming to be child-free. I'm not looking for human beings to be my legacy. So I think now more than ever, I think of it as if I somehow disappeared, if I jumped on a rocket ship and went to, to Mars and someone was telling people about me to other people, I would like to say that I was willing to share what I know. I know that's something that's very valuable. Uh, it's very against the pimp code. Uh, the game is to be sold, not told, brother. But if I have knowledge and I'm working on something, I'm willing to help you out. Because help is optional, help is voluntary. No one has to help you. So I like to be gracious and straightforward. And I've learned so much from other people. And um, full disclosure, I have a master's degree. Uh, it's in film, but I don't like to bring it up because I feel other master's degree holders tend to lower it over other people's heads. But to me, it's like I have mastered, no pun intended, 
one form of education, does that mean I should not learn anything else? So Jack Farmer asked that question. But as far as running a, a live entertainment business and understanding business insurance and understanding clients and following up with clients, I learned that from Jack. You know what I mean? So like I, I, I knew that he didn't have to do that. I said how valuable help was and that he taught me how to fish. I try to pay it back to not just Jack, but to anybody. If I had the time and someone's like, hey, blah, blah, how do you do your thing? I can tell you as much as I know. A lot of it's grit, a lot of it's tough work, a lot of it's sleepless nights and knowing it's not financially viable or whatever, but I'm willing to share what I know and to be and give other people shots on shows and do representation, but not in a way that's forceful or, or dumb. <laughs> and our last question today, this one comes from another no name. I should probably make that required next time. Uh, kind of a fun one. Does your radio show talk about Amsterdam and Europe? No. Uh, New Amsterdam was the original name for New York when the Dutch were there. Uh, the first name. In fact, you look this up. There was a time where the Dutch took it, sold it, and got it back for a year. They called it New Orange. Uh, but New Amsterdam is New York. And the reason why it's KNW is that there was always a pursuit of knowledge element to it. Uh, originally, the name of the, the company that became the podcast network, the notebook company, was going to be called Urban Urbane because one letter separates them, and it's kind of the same thing, city life versus enlightenment. But I thought New Amsterdam kind of rolled off the tongue a little bit better, kind of a bygone era. A little bit of a nod to one of my favorite shows on television, uh, the Fox version of New Amsterdam about the immortal cop living on the island featuring the guy who played Jamie Lannister in the Game of Thrones. Not to be confused with the medical drama on NBC, New Amsterdam. So there's a bunch of things. It was like New York, Enlightenment versus versus city life, the concept of a creative city, like imagine an alternate universe of New Amsterdam, and uh, not to one of my favorite TV shows that was completely underrated. So uh, that's all the questions I got for this one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of New Amsterdam. One episode one hundred, and I'm so glad. I love having guests on the show, but I'm kind of glad it became a solo show because it kind of is the roots of it all. I realized that when I do solo shows now, no one listens to those. <laughs> so like to have an excuse to do one, it's kind of cool. So thank you so much for checking out this episode. And uh, yeah, I'll be back next week or maybe even sooner with more content for the city for creatives. It is I, the mayor of Flobo Boys. Follow me at Flobo Boys on social media. Hit me up. Tell me what's going on. What are you working on and all that jazz. But until next time. so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.